What's up, you guys? Welcome to a special episode of BS with CSR. I'm Blake Mitchmore, and today I'm bringing you a one-on-one -on -one interview I had with former NXT head trainer and former WWE superstar Bill DeMott. Bill's up to a bunch of projects now on his own, but we sat down and talked about that and his time in NXT, his thoughts on where the guys that he coached in NXT are going, and many other things. So sit back, relax, and check it out. Hey, what's up, guys? Blake here, sitting down with Bill DeMott today. Bill, how are you? I'm doing great, Blake. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Hey, man, I, you know, everybody knows about all you've done in wrestling and everything, and I, I don't want to get real in-depth into this, but I'm very interested in what you're up to right now. Uh, obviously, it was uh, public knowledge about the tragic loss of your daughter a few months ago, but that's that's inspired you to do some stuff with the uh, trying to change the DUI laws in Florida. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, um... After going through, uh, we just started the legal process with everything that's happened with our daughter and meeting with um, the state attorneys and and then uh, MAD, Mothers uh, Against Drunk Driving, had reached out to us. And then after doing my homework, kind of learning more about what, what I was listening to from the state attorney and from the police officers who have been great. The Florida Highway Patrol has been great. Um, I was actually contacted by an officer from the University of Central Florida, UCF, where Kerry attended as a junior. And we sat down, and he's the head of the DUI division. And we started to have a conversation, and I introduced him to my daughter. And learning what's not happening as opposed to what's being done, just, just, uh, my daughter's 20 years old when she was taken and she has more to offer and I've just with everything I've done in this life I feel like now I add my, I need to add my name to something that matters and my daughter matters so I've just joined forces with MAD and the University of Central Florida and just started contacting the legislature and Congress and I made a statement a month or so ago that if I had to, I would run for office. Somebody, ha you know, I'm not a politician. I just, I need to fill a void and I need to make sure that my daughter's life is not forgotten. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So that was actually my next question. So you're not looking to get into politics, but if that's what it takes to make sure this changes, you're willing to go that route. I'm not, you know... Uh, sounds funny to say, like, I'm not a big fan of being in front of people, although I've spent my whole career in front of thousands of people every night, and, and on TV and things like that, but somebody has to say something, someone has to do something, or, or has to try, right. and if that's, if that's me, then that, that's what I'm willing to do. I'm no Jesse Ventura, I'm not, I'm not going to run for president, I'm not, I have no, uh, no desire to be a public figure. My desire is to make sure that what's happening to my family and thousands of other families in this country doesn't doesn't continue to happen. So yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for for whatever I need to do. And, and thank goodness I'm surrounded by great people and, and my family. And, and you know, we'll, if it comes to that, we'll make those decisions when it comes. But right now, we're just we're just trying to uh, educate people. Absolutely. Now, uh, you are, you've just recently, I know you were a part of Vince Russo's 
channel on the Realm Network, but you've just recently opened your own, and you, you're getting into the podcasting game. What kind of uh, what kind of things can people expect from the Build a Mon experience on the Realm Network? Well, the, the funny thing about that is this and I go way back, back to WCW days, and Vince and I both came from the same place in Brooklyn as far as wrestling, and Vince has always been in my corner. Uh, whether it was wrestling or not, Vince was always there. Uh, reaching out personally and him and I have a great relationship and I needed to stay busy and Vince had made a suggestion of trying podcast because you know I, I guess I do have a good uh, rapport with people and, and you know I, I, if it's a subject that you like talking about it's fun to talk about it so I went under Vince's umbrella for six months or so and I, I had like a weekly show or two shows a week and it was very comfortable to me, and it, and it just allowed me to not hide because I'm a big introvert. I, I hide, and then with the family tragedy, I, I stay out of the public eye, but it allowed me to talk to people. I'm comfortable with it. And after talking to Vince and Realm, we decided that the Build Amount experience should have its own channel, and so we took it forward. So I, I have a number of shows. I do a show during football season called Football with Miss Paula. And Paula is Billy Gunn's wife. And we're dear friends of ours. And so Paula and I have a great time all through the football season. I have another show called Face Value where I sit with my oldest daughter and we talk about, you know, world events, life, and kind of tell everybody, take it for what it is. Don't read into it. Don't, you know, don't try to make more out of it than what it is. Take everything at face value. And then I do uh, a new show that I started called Turning Point, kind of off of Demos Turning Point from my old Velocity days. Okay. Uh, so I do the Turning Point where I talk wrestling, and and I, you know that's I think that's what people have been waiting for for the past year or so is to hear me talk wrestling. So I like to catch up with the younger cats, and and hopefully I got some veteran guys coming up and just talk about life before, during, and after wrestling and get some opinions. And, you know, my, my whole thing, the whole thing about starting the build them experience when when I was done with the WWE last year was to bring the, a different side that people don't know about me instead of just what they read on the freaking internet, you know? Right. So that, that's kind of what I'm doing. It keeps me busy, and I've been, I've been fortunate enough. I just, I did a Ford commercial which was cool because I've never done things like that. And I just finished uh, wrapping up my first feature film yesterday. So I've been on set for a little over a week and a crazy, crazy filming schedule with a brilliant a brilliant writer and director and a great cast. And the, that film's called The Kama Sutra Garden. And that should be coming out in the spring. Okay. Now, in the as far as the, the BDE goes, you at one point... You produced a couple of uh, YouTube video shows. Is that something you're going to keep doing, or is that kind of transitioned into into the podcasting? Well, right now the podcasting has taken a lot more of my time. I like the the building my experience because on those shows, and I think I have eight shows up uh, where I got to meet people who coach other people in life, you know, or something that happens outside of what people know about me. So I, I turn the page and I go and interview. I interviewed a, a, a veteran who was a legendary stuntman. I had a great sit down with a close friend of mine, Scotty Tuhati, on Life After Wrestling. Um, 
a 911 operator who happens to be handicapped, uh, James Sangley, uh, all these people that I get to meet, and it was a great experience. And right towards the end of 2015 is when everything happened in my in my personal life, and things kind of slowed down. Um, to answer your question, the build my experience, we plan on shooting more of those experiences. And my ultimate goal is to get them shopped around. You know, it's funny to think that I could be on the Discovery Channel or the History Channel right. hosting a show, but that's kind of the goal. Okay. All right. Now, I, I, I gotta, we got to transition into a little bit of wrestling. Now, Let's do it. Um, I, I've listened to you in interviews before, and, and you were a guy that has had numerous concussions, and I think at one point you, I think I've heard you, maybe it was talking events about, that you ran through a time where you uh, were struggling with with concussions pretty bad. So when a guy like Daniel Bryan retires due to concussion issues a couple of weeks ago, is that a uh, – do you think that's a – I mean, that's a good thing for the sport and for the industry so that he's setting a trend of guys that don't risk their health like guys yeah, of your era did? Like, I, I, I wear – like a badge of honor but much like the NFL guys who played with leather helmets you didn't know you know you, you went out and that was your sport and that was your job and I know there's a lot of people with lawsuits and you know people saying well they just saved lives by holding lawsuits and I think bullshit it's, it's everything's on the individual in my opinion and you have to decide and now this business has changed so much that we're so much more advanced and knowledgeable about even getting popped in the ear that can cause a concussion. Right. You know, so it's not a badge of honor anymore to say, oh, I got my bell rung 42 times and I'm tone deaf and I can't see and all this, you know, all this nonsense. I think mainstream big time names like Daniel Bryan who make that decision and the company backs him is, is a major move forward. And a lot of people, you know, and then it's up to the internet and social media and public opinion. Everybody's going to say what they want. And, you know, but as long as he's good with that decision and as long as he, his family's going to be good, then I really don't think it matters what anybody else thinks. Although it sucks that social media plays a big role in everything that goes on in life. I think it was a smart move. And, it, and if he, so many people are telling him don't do it, I think it's a smart move and he was brave enough to swallow that and, you know, God, he, got his future all ahead of him anyway, so I think it was brilliant, and I hope a lot of people follow that. Corey Graves is another guy that comes to mind for me with that. Right. Uh, you know, it's, just a, it's just a time when you get, you can only get your bell rung so many times before you become a, you know, a walking sponge, and that's not what's wanted in this business or the NFL or anything else. Well, and it, you don't want that at any age, and here you, I mean, Corey was in his late, you know, late 20s, early 30s, and Daniel's was 34, so, I mean, like you said, both guys had their entire life ahead of them. They can... Yeah, and, and, and the days are over of, if you're not working, you're not getting paid. Those days are gone, so there's not as many things hanging over your head, and the old wives' tales of out of sight, out of mind, that you lose your spot, and whatever else is going around out there... I'm going to say openly and honestly because I've been a part of so many of the discussions. This company, and we're talking about WWE, honestly cares about your health because they just took one of their main players, money makers, merchandise, everything, and made the right decision. So people can put whatever spin on they want. As long as Brian Danielson's okay with his decision, that's all that matters to me. 
Now, there's a guy that... Now, Bill Goldberg, he's made a little bit of noise lately about, you know, he, he pokes his head out every once in a while. He wants to... He'd like to have another, you know, run or a couple of matches if it was on his terms. Now, you... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to try to remember back 20 years now. You worked Bill's first match on Nitro. Back, yeah. Back then, did the did WCW know at that point what they had in him, or was it just a completely organic, you know, thing back then in the in the late 90s? I I think they had an idea of what they would like to do with that big monster because he was fresh. I mean, he had to look. Built like a you know like a brick shit house. I mean, he was just a monster. Right. But I I'm gonna say that they had no idea what was gonna happen that night. Um, and then the more they went with it, and Bill had that natural, in my opinion, that natural charisma that when he came through the curtain, his confidence was off the chain. And as he kept going and learning, he got better. And then you put the rocket to someone like that. I don't I don't think unless Kevin Sullivan. Who, who was there at the time. You know, Sullivan was the only, is the only one who could make me believe he knew what was going to happen. To me, I think the rest of everybody else was like, holy crap. And he's still in conversation 20 years later. So if he says he's ready for another run, you know, I don't know if it's the same impact, but what, what nostalgia to have Goldberg come back out again. Absolutely. All right, now you had a, you know, a, a fairly lengthy run as the head coach at... NXT, so I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta pick your brain a little bit about that. Now, you know, at least the the reputation or what we hear is that Vince Vince is a big time control freak. He everything runs through him. He's how was Triple H to work for as a boss? I, I've said it, I've said it a million times over the years. Hands down, my favorite person to work with and work for. His vision is clear. His direction is clear. Everybody who works with him should understand it, and he does his best to make them, uh, empower them to help them make it better. I thought he was a great boss. I still think he's a great boss. Um, he's, he, has a, he has a direction, and to see what he's done in the short three, three and four years since taking over the whole thing, five years, whatever it is, it's been amazing, and I think Paul's a great guy to work for. Now, you just mentioned direction and vision. From, a, from you know, an outsider's perspective, it almost seems to me like uh, NXT has kind of gone through a transition or an evolution these last couple of years. When you were there at the beginning of it, was it always a plan for it to be this home for this major international and independent talent? Or because it... <laughs> Uh, it started, you know, I mean, it, and it still is developmental, but it's, they're bringing in these big names from all across the world. Was that always the game plan of Triple H, or has that changed? Well, I think that there's, there's two different things going on now. There's still the developmental system, which is the performance center, and then there's NXT. I think the two have, and it's my opinion, I think the two have separated. And I was, I was in the, on the ground floor with, uh, Triple H when he was kind of laying out the groundwork of what he saw in the future and the direction he'd like to see things go. And I'm going to have to say, yeah, that these, these things were all talked about years ago. 
And like anything else, it's like, you know, would you ever see the flying DeLorean? Not in my lifetime, you know? Right. But, but we were there, and everything was being groomed to, for progress, progress. And then to watch it happen and be a part of it was just amazing. So uh, the, the answer is yes. It was always talked about, and then see what, what's happening. I think the challenge will always be, wow, what else can we do, and what else do we need to do? But he, he being uh, Triple H, you know, uh, he had a he has a vision, and he's a workhorse. To me, he's in one aspect, he's just like this that he'll never do. He'll never ask you to do anything he wouldn't do. Right. And there's no one that works harder with or under uh, Triple H works harder than he does. He's a machine, and he's he's passionate about the whole thing. I hate to give to give like a typical answer but that's just the truth he's the, the guy has a mission in, in his mind and he's making it come to, he's making it come to the forefront okay now a lot of the a lot of the guys that were in nxt when you were there some of them are now at the top of the uh, top of the heap in wwe you know guys like roman uh seth dean ambrose bray wyatt is there a part of you that not obviously not takes credit but feels a certain sense of pride in in the fact that you help develop some of these guys that are are at the top of the WWE right now. Yeah, I I've always said I I would never take credit for anything a talent is doing, but I do have that that proud papa thing about it to see because I know what they went through. I know their struggles. I've had the conversations with most of them, and I. You know, you try to talk everybody off the bridge every once in a while and make them believe that the hard work is going to pay off. And everybody that you mentioned and so many more are workhorses. So when they make it, I at least send one message, if not a phone call, congratulating them and letting them know that it's all it's all been worthwhile. And yeah, I'm proud, man. When the whole, pretty much the whole damn roster coming up is, is former developmental and NXT people, it just makes you feel good, and, and I've always said, I'm just happy to be a small part of it or been around it or put an opinion or maybe given the direction needed to turn the corner, but so proud of all of those cats. Now, in a guy like Roman's case, what is it, in your opinion, that you think ma- that makes Roman such a polarizing figure in the mold of what, what John Cena is? Is it just the spot he's been put in or is there just something about Roman that makes him that polarizing to the fan base the guy's a he's a freaking movie star he's a movie star in, in person he's such a stud when I first met him what the, who the hell is this guy and you know it's kind of like why is he still here it has nothing to do with wrestling the guy's a movie star he's a he's a big strong good looking respectable cat who just commands attention when he walks in the room so I mean, he's yet to me. He's yet to scratch the surface of what he's going to do. Uh, just, just a freaking, just a good man. So when when Roman when Roman came to NXT, I mean, was it just everybody looked at him and saw you know the proverbial dollar signs? I think what the, I think the people who pay attention saw there's a future in him. Um, I know talent when he came in. Talent had that, you know, had that oh shit moment. I, you know, I'm going to lose to this guy. You know, I'm going to lose <laughs> something to this guy. 
because he, he's just an athlete. I mean, he played, he played top-notch college football at Georgia Tech. Right. He comes from the lineage is ridiculous. So, yeah. But he, he pro- he's proven himself, and he carries himself well, and he's so young still in the business. I, I think everybody is engaged by him as a person, and that goes a long way. The, the kind of person he is is what's going to take him so much further than what he's doing now. Okay. Now, are there any, you know, former NXT talents that, without, you know, being real critical of creative, you just look at that were when they were in NXT and you look at what they've done on the main roster so far and you wonder why they haven't been as successful as you thought they might be? Yeah, I think, I, I think that's fair to say. There's, there's been a few that have gone and had tremendous... I'll, I'll use, to me, the first one that stands out to me is Emma, who is by far one of the biggest NXT stars to have been called up and her fan base down in, in NXT and in the developmental system. In the, in the, you know, in the AAA, as I say, in the minor leagues, everywhere she goes, she, she did well. And just, you know, I think the transition of becoming what people are so used to in NXT and trying to transform that into the WWE universe is a bigger challenge than what the casual fan or the internet people believe it is. And that, and it's, it's tough. It's the same for Bo Dallas. It's, it's the same for Adrian Neville, who's doing well. It's the same for a lot of uh, Adam Rose. You know, that you go up and down the line with them. Uh, Xavier Woods, as an individual, wasn't getting over as much as now the New Day. Right. And I think it's just, you know, they have to keep reinventing themselves and not rely on what gets them to the dance. And I'm always a big fan of reminding people, once you get there, you're still reinventing yourself. But I think there's been a few that have fallen short of expectation, but I think they're all still there. Right. They're all still part of the roster, and they're all very creative. Emma's one of the most creative people I've ever met. She's always, she's always working on the next thing, and she's always trying to... Uh, I don't know if be relevant is what I'm trying to say, but she's always looking to re- reinvent herself and stay stay fresh. So just because they don't start out as hot as they were at NXT doesn't mean they won't pick up steam. Okay, now on the other side of the coin, without bashing anybody, obviously, but are there any talents that you look at and you're like, wow, they're, they, they're doing a lot better than I ever thought they would? Uh, I don't know if there's some. I, th- I, I think I said recently when I talked to someone else, I said I was, ple- I think I, I sh- if I didn't, I meant to say I'm pleasantly surprised at Rowan when okay. you paired him with Luke Harper because I thought, I thought Rowan, who's a big monster of a guy, needed to progress a little bit more and then realizing once he got up there, he had taken everything he learned and he was going to learn from main roster guys. So I was really happy to see how he picked up and became a, uh, a main figure. Whether you tied him in with the Wyatt family or not, he's a big guy who moves well and has gotten better in his time there. And really, that's all That's all it's about to me, is you're going to be so good when you get there, and if you can get better, you have longevity. So he stands out as one of those guys who, okay, let's see what he can do, and then look at him now, and he's doing great. I think that you're gonna, we're going to see the same thing with Strowman. Speaking of speaking of Strowman, you know now he's got the 
the the Dave Meltzers and the and the Wade Kellers of the world, you know, say that he is he's the apple of of Vince's eye right now. And we've all heard for years that Vince has always been fascinated with with the big man. Now, uh, what when you were down there, you were down there with Strowman for a little bit. What was your uh, your take on Strowman while you were in, still in NXT? I was down there with him from when he started till. Until he got called up, that's about the thing. He got called up, and then I moved on. Okay, I didn't realize he's that. A big, he's a big. He, I mean, he competed in the world's strongest man. He. I don't think people realize he's dropped over a hundred and something pounds. Oh wow! He's tried to. He's tried to change his body and be able to move and get some longevity. And, and always the challenge was, how do we keep him going and train him and and make him better? without having him do the same things that, let's say, a Callisto was doing every day or, you know, someone else. So I'm not surprised he's there, and I'm really excited to see what he can do going forward. And, and that's the trick is once, if and when he breaks from the Wyatt family and gets the opportunity, I think that'll be the test for him. But, you know, I, I think that the same is said for anybody who gets the opportunity. Now... It- we haven't seen a lot of his in-ring ability. Does he, you know, as far as that goes, does he have some of, you know, does he have a fair, fairly good amount of ability that we haven't seen yet, or is he, you know, fairly limited in the ring? Um, I'm going to go with, he, he, I, I'm, I'm sure he, he would not disagree. He has a lot to learn. I'm also going to go with, this guy, you know, if you judge him on his appearance, you wouldn't think so. But this guy is a a freaking genius. He's a smart man. So being the kind of man I know he is, I know he's doing his homework and he's training up there with people and he's picking the right people's brains. And when and if the opportunity happens, he'll be as ready as he can be. you got to remember, that's a big son of a gun. And he's not going to be doing... You know, the triple Lindy and all these things. He's going to be very Kane-esque. He's going to be very, you know, things like that. And, and I think he's going to be ready. Okay, so, I mean, if I asked you the question that Braun, obviously potential, but you, in your opinion, Braun does have the potential to be a major star for the WWE. Braun has the potential to be a major star. There you have it. All right, final question about NXT. Now, if the right opportunity ever came for you to go back as a coach, would you be open to that, or is that door kind of closed for you? Oh, no, I'd be so open to that. I mean, I'm doing, you know, I do the YouTube thing, and I do the, the podcast, and been fortunate enough to start breaking out in some commercials in this movie thing I just talked about. But uh, my, my first love is wrestling, and I still do seminars, and I still go to some local schools here. And if the opportunity ever came up, and it was presented to me to go back and coach on a part-time basis or a full-time basis or to join uh, Triple H's team again wholeheartedly at the conversation. And I, I owe a lot to uh, Paul and to the WWE. And, and that's the reason I'm probably not there is because I'm loyal to them. And I just, yeah, I, ne- I would never say no to that. And it's, I'm always open to that. Uh, nothing pleases me more than to walk in a building, you know, and where people are learning and wrestling and sweating and doing all that stuff. So, yeah, man, it's, I'd, I'd always be open to that. And 
I'm, uh, there's a part of me that's hopeful that that day may come again, and you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. Okay, Bill, the last little thing we're going to do today is we're going to play a little word association game. I'm going to rifle off a couple of names at you, and you just give me the first couple of things that pop into your head. Got it. Uh, we've talked about him a lot in our time, you know, here, but Triple H. Passionate, motivator, lead by example. The man he probably has learned from and his father-in-law, Vince McMahon. Ah, uh, just nothing but respect and lead by example. Uh, Roman Reigns. Movie star. Sasha Banks. Future of the business. Charlotte. The future of the business. What a, what a sweetheart. Great girl. Okay. And my, my last diva on the list, a, a crowd favorite, Bailey. Will sell the most merchandise of any WWE superstar in history. <laughs> wow. All right. We talked about his retirement, but just Daniel Bryan. Class Hulk Hogan. Legend. Uh, we mentioned him earlier. Kind of a controversial name, but somebody I know you're close to, Vince Russo. Honest, true friend. Bill Goldberg. Great, great guy. All right, my last two names are John Cena. John Cena is the flag bearer. John Cena, is the, you know, he sets the standard. And finally, The Undertaker. That's, I mean, one or two words or one or two hours couldn't sum it up. He's, he's the man. In and out of the ring. Undertaker's the man. All right, Bill. I can't thank you enough for the time today and really appreciate having you on. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Before we let you go, uh, tell everybody where they can, let everybody know where they can find you on social media, the internet, all that good stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, everybody who doesn't know you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Demott. Uh, the same on Instagram. You can go to my Facebook page at facebook.com slash democracy. Um, and, and I'm out there. I'm out there doing things. And I want to let everybody know that you can join the Walk Like Mad. We're walking for my daughter. Team Kerry, hashtag Kerry and Demont Matters. Go to walklikemad.org. Join my team. April 16th, Lake Baldwin in Central Florida. Support the cause. Uh, I'm out there. Um, I'm thankful to everybody who sent the well wishes to my family. Um, and we thank you for your prayers. And uh, big things coming from the Build the Mont Experience. Go to buildthemontexperience.com for my podcast. And if you see me on the street, stop and say hello. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Bill. There you have it, guys. Can't thank Bill enough for the time. If you're in the Central Florida area and you're looking to join Bill's team, go to walklikemadmadd.org. The team name is hashtag Carrie and DeMont Matters. That's K-E-R-I-A-N-N-E. Or you can go to booster.com and search hashtag Carrie and DeMont Matters to click and order a shirt, and all proceeds go to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. That's it for this special edition. We'll catch you next week. Look at the sky. Another ass-breed prom queen So young and so insecure